0: Thanks for clicking play on the latest episode of the Iowa Revolution podcast. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Iowa Revolution. I'm Spencer Dirks alongside my buddy, Dr. Bob Leonard. Dr. Bob, how you doing?
1: I'm pretty good, but I have to issue the first correction of the podcast. It's not Twitter anymore, isn't it? It's
0: X. It's X. That's right.
1: So he's just destroyed one of the biggest, most... I don't know, significant, recognizable brands in the world just because he can.
0: Yeah, so follow us on X, or whatever the hell you want to call it. We're at Iowa Revolution. It is fucked up how badly he's just mismanaged that whole thing.
1: Destroyed it, made it from, you know, turned it from a place where you could go and get... You know, a variety of opinion, credible information. You could get real verification, so you could ascertain whether a news source or person was real or not, and not fake. And now you can do, it's just all crap. And it was, you know, and it's, uh, I used to like to see the blue little bird in my tabs. You know all my tabs. (laughs) Right. Now there's an X, and I don't even, can't even see it, I can't even spot it on my tabs. And you know what, Spencer? What? After he's destroyed it, I guess in the near future, we can do banking on it. Yeah, of course. I'm definitely going
0: to trust Elon Musk with my money.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, has he totally lost it?
0: If he ever had it.
1: And we have to remind everybody that he isn't that brilliant wonder kid. He purchased Tesla. He's gotten government funding for all of his stuff. And what have we got from it? I guess... SpaceX might prove beneficial for the public domain in the future, but I don't know that. He's just a scammer.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Total
1: scammer. But anyway, that wasn't on our topics list.
0: It sort of was. I was it wasn't on our listed topics, but I was going to make light of that. So I'm glad that right off the bat we got our Elon Musk hate, boom, right out the door. It's not so
1: much. It's puzzlement and uh, um, disrespect. Disrespect. It's
0: not hate. (laughs) Yeah, I certainly wouldn't go as far as hate either, but, you know, it's just using short parlance to talk about it. Close. (laughs) Close to hate. Uh, We do have a very big agenda. It's the dog days of summer. It's hot as shit outside right now. It's one of those weeks where I came in thinking, what are we going to talk about? It seems like it's been kind of a slow news week, but... Much to my surprise, it has not been a slow news week. We talked last week about how we have disappearing fireflies or lightning bugs, whatever you want to call them. Now we may have disappearing mayflies, which does sound like good news, but that may be a harbinger of bad things. So we'll talk about that a little bit right off the top. Of course, we have a lot of cock talk to get to. President Donald Trump uh, is still leading. We just have a latest poll from Fox Business about how the polls are looking in the state of Iowa. So we'll kind of delve into that. Also from the Iowa Capitol Dispatch, talking about the family leadership summit that happened a couple weeks ago and what that is going to do for Kim Reynolds. Are they going to, or is she going to stay neutral? Might she endorse a candidate? If she were to endorse a candidate, who would that be? Also, Kim Reynolds, speaking of her, her fair side chat, she's gotten a response from pretty much everybody on the Republican ticket. In fact, they already have a schedule released, which we're not going to talk about today. We might get to that eventually. But there's one big person missing from that. I'm guessing you can guess who that is. Uh, Also taking a wider scope, kind of a weird story over the past week. Child trafficking has been a big news story with Sound of Freedom, that movie that came out a couple weeks ago, and then there was this big story down in Georgia, I believe, about a woman that disappeared. They thought that she had been kidnapped, and there's a little bit deeper story there. Also, it's hot as shit, as I mentioned, and how much is that due to climate change? There's a new report that came out recently, so we'll talk about that, and then my top five hard candies to close out the show. Anything else you want to get to, Dr. Bob, besides Elon Musk and how awful of a businessman he is?
1: I think that's a great list to start.
0: So mayflies, let's get to it. This is from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. A recent study found a significant decline in mayfly abundance over the past several years. It's raised concern about the river and its food chain, talking about the Mississippi River specifically to which mayflies are essential because they hold such a critical insight into water quality and because their surprise emergence can be messy and unpleasant. Scientists are interested in predicting the timing of mayflies, but they need the public's help in doing so. They're hoping to beef up participation in a citizen science campaign, which a Wisconsin researcher originated to help find some answers and encourage people to get out more and observe the natural world. Researchers from Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Virginia Tech universities used weather radar to track the scale of mayfly emergencies over the upper Mississippi River and Lake Erie over the past decade. The results published in a 2020 paper showed a 52% decline in burrowing mayfly abundance on the river between 2012 and 2019. Quote, if these population trends continue, persistent environmental changes could threaten to once more extirpate think that's how you say it extirpate burrowing mayflies from north america's largest waterways making this ephemeral spectacle and its vital ecological functions a thing of the past that's from one of the researchers since mayflies are the food source of many fish and birds on the river declines also could spell trouble for the river's food chain
1: yep it can they're really interesting creatures yeah yeah they just You know, just boom, they're all there, just millions of them. And I've seen them both in Eastern Iowa along the Mississippi. I've also seen them at Lake Red Rock. Mm -hmm. Just boom everywhere. Um, People think that they, scientists think that they come out en masse like that because when you have so many of them at once, the chance of one getting eaten by a predator is l- is less right. than you know if they just come out in smaller numbers. They're fascinating looking. They're very primitive insects. They're, there's something about their wings that don't wrap around down on their thorax. They have a, sometimes a long larval stage, but then when they're the adults, the actual mayflies, they may only live a few days, and there's some. And their only goal is to reproduce. They only have vestigial mouths they don't eat <laughs> right. they can sip water sometimes some are in their adult stage mate and die within under a minute <laughs> yeah the whole only goal is to mate but then the larval stage they can be around for a long time and I my understanding is that they play a critical. Role in the river ecosystem, not just as as a, a food well, source, as a food source, but also because they the larval stage burrows into the riverbed, churning up and sort of serving the riverbed like earthworms. Sure, sort of like them. aerating them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's very complex, very interesting, primitive species. It's like they're like dinosaurs of the insect world.
0: Well, what's interesting too in this article they talked about how it's sort of a canary in the coal mine because with these declining populations of mayflies that could point to poor water quality because they're obviously they're trying to research more about this and that's what this article was mainly about about how we've seen this decline now we really need to study and what's actually going on but one of the hypotheses is the water's just too damn dirty that they can't reproduce and and their environment has been spoiled.
1: And who doesn't want to monitor water quality?
0: The Republicans. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Defunding the water quality sensors. No, they don't want us to know how dirty our water is.
0: Well, yeah, one of the first episodes we did for the Iowa Revolution podcast centered mainly on Chris Jones. He had just recently written a book. And he was a UI researcher studying Iowa's waterways for a long, long time. And he had a blog, which some Republican state senators didn't like because he was shedding light on some possible interference of a hog lot that they wanted up in northeast Iowa. And basically, they just didn't like it because they didn't want that research to be out there because they want to say that Iowa has clean water, clean air, etc. And they don't want anybody to actually be testing it. So through all that, he quit his job and now is continuing his research and and just doing it on his his own so i just thought this was kind of interesting that it does kind of go back to we don't have clean water and the mayflies might be telling us more than we realize
1: and we not only have don't have clean water we could have or on the verge of ecosystem collapse but republicans don't care because it's all about money and power
0: right Yeah. I mean, you bring up mayflies to any of these people, they don't give a shit. They don't care about any of that stuff as long as they're getting richer.
1: Now here I have to say I have a Republican friend, a dear friend, that says, I don't like it when you say that Republicans don't want clean water. We want clean water. We're, We're the outdoorsmen. We're the outdoors people. And all I can say is if you want clean water, you need to have that part of your policy and hold your people to account. It's not everyday Republicans, because I think they do want clean water, but they vote for people that don't care about our water quality. So, it's in your hands.
0: Well, generally, when we say Democrats or Republicans, we're talking about elected officials. We're not specifically talking about all Democrats or all Republican voters. I think we're all in agreement that clean air and clean water is a benefit for all.
1: Unless you're a legislator.
0: Right. And you're getting paid by whichever lobby to say that we have clean water and there's nothing to worry about here. Yeah. Thought that was interesting. Let's get on to some caucus talk, some cock talk. A lot of things going on in the state of Iowa. This is from the Iowa Capitol Dispatch. Former President Donald Trump has kept a hold on his front runner position but new polling shows there could be room for others to gain footing in the field. A Fox Business poll of Iowa Republicans published on Sunday found Trump had the largest base of support with 46% of likely Republican caucus goers choosing the former president, but no candidate has a lock on the position of Trump's strongest challenger. While former Florida Governor Ron DeSantis kept his second place position, he was 30 points behind Trump with just 16% of caucus goers supporting him. U.S. Senator Tim Scott came in third at 11%, and all other candidates earned single digits or less. And among Trump supporters, 34% said they support DeSantis, and 14% for Scott as their second choice. For DeSantis supporters, 33% support Trump, 23% support Scott as their second choice.
1: Scott's moving up, which is interesting.
0: He spent a lot of money. I mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago he was leading the Republican candidates in money spent in the state of Iowa. I think probably the same story in South Carolina as well, because I think he's pulling third there as well. Maybe fourth behind, I think actually Nikki Haley is third, and then Tim Scott Mm -hmm. is like a percentage or two behind Nikki Haley. But I do think that is surprising that Tim Scott has kind of jumped up that far that quickly.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it has to do with the money. People like his upbeat message, Um, but I'm just repeating, sorry, I just did a classic media mistake where I repeat the common wisdom. People say he's got an upbeat message. He's got an upbeat message and he's a success and great, that's upbeat, but he acts like his success means that every other Minority person could have achieved that success too. Right. He isn't an exception; he's the rule. Well, there are a lot of people that are successful, but what he's acting like is he's giving everybody, a, every white person, a free pass to act like racial discrimination doesn't exist. Actually, at the family leader event, I asked Vivek Ramaswamy. I said, <laughs> "I can't believe I'm talking about this." but i said and he was talking about oh you know there's no such there's no racism there's no systemic racism and i said i said well you just made all the white people out there happy you know and the you know my past job was covering a dozen small towns in iowa and i've been in those council meetings i've been in those Supervisor meetings. I've been in the different places where the best candidate on paper and the best candidate in terms of giving their presentation was a minority, and people would decide at ultimately for the hiring process that they're just not right for our community. I've seen the yep. systemic racism in action, and I and I said, so how can you act like it doesn't exist? And he started telling me about. He's seen people that, because of affirmative action, their abilities are doubted. And he looked at me and he could tell I wasn't buying it. And then he walked by and patted me. That was the last question. He patted me on the shoulder. We aren't so far apart on this. It's just like he's a he's a chameleon.
0: Yeah, he's just trying to suck up to white people.
1: Right. Yeah. Make the white people feel good. It's not. And I don't understand a lot of this. You know why they're making us rewrite history, reading about slavery, reading about all of the discrimination, that makes me feel more informed. I don't feel any particular personal guilt about it, but I feel that it's out there, and I can, other than mistakes that I've made, I think that that's how we learn. And, that well, I, it do, and it may make you feel bad, but you can't legislate against against teaching history that makes you feel bad.
0: Well, especially the, the further away we get from it. It wasn't that long ago that we weren't that far from the Civil War. Right. Or there were still people alive that went through Jim Crow laws. Right. Or there are still you know, even alive. even the Civil War, or not Civil War, but even the civil rights leaders of the 60s. A lot of them have passed away or continuing to age and pass away. So it's even more important now to continue to teach the truth to students because there is no other way to find that information. Yeah. no, It's not like they, it gets passed down like it may have a few generations ago.
1: And it's not just the minority candidates that have an obligation to speak the truth and not make all the white people happy. The goal of history isn't to make a group of people happy. The goal of history is to tell the truth. It has nothing to do with happiness, but here we have all these And so all the white candidates, they need to step up too. It's not just the minority candidates.
0: Even beyond that, we've had discussions before about Deidre DeGier, how she didn't get the support that we thought she deserved from the sort of state democratic apparatus. And you can point to probably several different reasons for that, but I think the number one reason is because she was a black woman.
1: Well, and, oh, I'm forgetting his last name, but Ra's um, old uh, fellow from Waterloo, he didn't get any support, too. Yeah, Smith, isn't it? Yeah. So, no, there was, there was system, systemic racism in the Democratic Party as well, and I called them out in the Des Moines Register. It's just this exists, these... Perceptions of, not perceptions, the reality of systemic racism is there everywhere for us to see and know, and to act like it doesn't exist is a lie. Anybody that drives on I-235 in Des Moines, that's the product of systemic racism. They, the best route was through southern uh, Des Moines, down where MLK is now. But instead, they drove it through uh, majority black communities. That's and they where did that,
0: that all across the country. Yeah, in the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. So we
1: drive on it all the time. So And it's still there. It's still there. I had a pastor, when I told him the story about how I've seen minority candidates discriminated against in different situations. He says it happens in the church all the time. And he says it's the same thing. They're not right for our community right. when they're the best candidates. Right. It's, and then the fact that Republicans want to erase this
0: proves
1: that systemic racism exists. Yes. They are the system. Yeah, what are you so afraid of? Yeah. And they're legislating it. Oh, yeah, and Ron DeSantis the other day, that panel that he put into to evaluate, oh, Florida's school system, how do you teach about race? And one of the things that they said that teachers have to teach is that sometimes slavery was good because people learned a trade.
0: Right, I saw that, yeah.
1: Is that ridiculous?
0: Yeah, I think Jesse Waters on Fox News was talking about yeah. that, the replacement for Tucker Carlson.
1: Yeah. It's just... It's, I was just going to say, it's stupid. It's not stupid. It's very tactical. They know exactly what they're doing, trying to divide us. Yep.
0: There was, you know, it's been knew. going on forever, by the way. I was watching a video not too long ago about the invention of white. I mean, white was not even a thing 200 years ago. Europeans fought amongst themselves for millennia. It's not like us, quote-unquote, white people. You and I are of European descent. It's not like we got along back in Europe. We didn't. We killed each other. So then when we brought slavery to America, we had to define whiteness as a separation between if you're white, you're not a slave. And that also got the rich white people to get the poor white people on their side. Because, hey, we're white. So there are things that we're going to let you do that we're not going to let these slaves do. And I can go on and on and on. But it starts there. Like, the term white and black doesn't really mean anything anyway, other than what we've assigned to it over the years through racism. I have total cultural construct to. Like, do you, like, like, what are you? Are you, I mean, are you British? Like who the fuck cares? I don't care where you're from. And by the way, and even like. I'm from Iowa. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's all I really think of. I don't even think there is any ancestral, yeah, European blood in you. I think you're just straight up, we're just born out of a people.
1: We're a bunch of nuts. <laughs>
0: All right, let's go on to the next subject, even though it's still talking about, obviously this is cock talk, and this is also from the Iowa Capitol Dispatch, talking about the aftermath of the Family Leadership Summit. The smart money is that Reynolds stays neutral and enjoys the fetting and vetting as a vice presidential candidate for the full field, including the mercurial Trump, whose own loyalties swing as wildly as the fortunes of the contestants on his movement-minting reality TV show, The Apprentice. This is from Doug Burns, by the way, who's just an awesome writer. But there is an opening for Reynolds to depart with tradition. She has an excuse, and a fair one at that, for Reynolds to endorse DeSantis using her steeled connection with Republicans culturally and earn plaudits with the base of her party for delivering sacred goods for them on school choice and abortion restrictions. You'd have two governors with records and rhetoric that match the modern Republican pulse. Such a move by Reynolds could winnow the effective field in Iowa to two, Trump and DeSantis. The governor seemed quite comfortable with the DeSantis clan on a personal level and saw what everyone else in the hall did, again speaking of that family leadership summit, DeSantis performing well in what for other candidates amounted to a tough, tough day. That's not the take of Carrie Lake, who you saw a couple weeks ago. The most recent Republican candidate for governor in Arizona and a talented Trump surrogate, Lake, a native of Scott County, Iowa, which I didn't know, and a former broadcaster in the Southwest, had no formal role at the family leadership summit, but she did attend and drew crowds and media attention before holding events this weekend in Iowa to support Trump. She said, quote, It's one thing if we have a bunch of newcomers. We have President Trump who the people voted for last time, but because of just outrageously corrupt elections, had that victory stolen. President Trump has done so much for Iowa. We are in unprecedented times, and I think it calls for some unprecedented measures. And maybe this is the time that Kim Reynolds should say, quote, I am going to get with President Trump, end quote.
1: She's ridiculous. Absolutely. She, she was there. She was. This was in part the family leader, but you also don't know, well, a lot of people don't know that it was also Blaze TV right. that did it. And that was uh, uh, Glenn Beck and... She was on Glenn Beck's show. I, I could, you know, I talked to her briefly, and she, um, hi, oh, I'll see you in Marion County tomorrow right. or whatever. But yeah, she was there. She held a, some kind of a rally, kind of thing, the night before. People were at, but well, they could put her on stage, and they didn't.
0: Well, yeah. I think she's old news, and she's trying to keep herself in the news cycle. And she may be, a, you know, Doug called her a talented surrogate, and I think she's she's a talented media person because she had been in media for a long time. So she knows her way around a camera. She knows how to deliver a message, but she's also just batshit crazy.
1: Yeah, and she was boring. That yeah. was the worst thing. She was boring. Right. What was interesting, too, is there was a young reporter from oh, New York. I guess I shouldn't say where, but she wanted an interview. Well, Carrie Lake actually wanted the interview. But apparently this reporter told me that if you're going to interview Carrie Lake, there's this, like, light, this Zoom light Mm -hmm. around you, and so you have to be on the Zoom light kind of thing and be the interview. And they're recording you and your Zoom light, and it's all this really bizarre thing, and she just declined the interview because of it. <laughs> Good. I wouldn't—yeah, I would have declined it, too. Who knows what they—you know what it would have been like. <laughs> you know, a few years ago, after a New York Times piece I had, RT, the Russian, yeah. uh propaganda network called me and wanted me on, and uh, my daughter reminded me. I don't think you want to go on there. They kill journalists, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I thought I'm not going on there anyway because who knows what they'll do to what you say. Exactly. And so it's the exact same thing. What's Carrie Lake going to do with what this young reporter says? Right. Totally manipulate it. It's just she's just such a fake, such a liar, such a shame on Iowa for producing her.
0: So what's Kim Reynolds going to do?
1: Kim Reynolds is going to glory in her magnificence.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the Trump ship has sailed. She is certainly not going. If he wins the candidacy, then of course she'll endorse whoever the candidate is. But I think Doug is right. The only person that she, A, would, and B, could endorse would be Ron DeSantis for the reasons why he set out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, Doug's great. And I think he's right. She could. She's got nothing to lose. I don't think she's going to be a VP candidate. Right. Um, I hear rumors that she's bought her parents' farm and is building a new big house on it. Okay. That doesn't sound like anybody that's ready to leave Iowa. No. But right. I don't know what she's going to do. But if she's smart, well, first, when you talk with Republican intellectuals, when you talk with people that are true conservatives, and if you talk with that the MAGA people aren't conservatives, so let's quit saying they're conservatives, they're not. Right. The religious right isn't conservative either. But if you want to move on from Trump, it may be worth it for her to endorse. I don't know what it's gonna matter, but if she's got if there's nothing in her future, I maybe for ma- once she would do the right conservative thing although DeSantis isn't going to be any better but if you make Trump history the only I was going to say the only way to go is up but DeSantis is going to be just Trump plus right so but from a
0: Republican point of view Trump lost to Biden and I think that's he's one of the a loser that's exactly that's one of the things that I think DeSantis has successfully talked about how we need a candidate that can beat Biden. So that can be your talking point if you're Kim Reynolds, too. Like, we need to get past Donald Trump. If she even says anything about Donald Trump, which she probably wouldn't, but she would have an excuse. He's already struck out at her uh, on his Truth Social Media account. We covered that on our podcast. But she really doesn't have anything, like you said, to lose by endorsing Ron DeSantis. No. No.
1: I don't think she wants to be Secretary of the Interior right. or Secretary of AG. Yeah, I think
0: the only way that she would join it join a presidential campaign was if she was going to be the vice presidential nominee.
1: Although she has from the first time I interviewed her years ago when she was a Branstad lieutenant governor pick, she's gone from being just this, you know, nice, little shy Iowa. Oh, what was she? The uh, treasurer of Clark County, I think. Right. To just being a regular island, to being, you know, total power hungry, my way or the highway kind of person. Well, maybe she's addicted to power. And if maybe she has some big consultancies and bosses people around, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's, if you have that kind of power, it's addicting.
0: Especially the fact that she's the governor of what's still the first in the nation caucus for the Republicans, so she wields a huge amount of power there. I mean, if she were to come out and endorse Ron DeSantis, I don't know if that would mean that Ron DeSantis would win, but I guarantee his numbers would go up from forty-six to sixteen percent to a lot more, even with Trump, if she, if he got that endorsement.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they move it ten percent. I don't know. People are thinking. Who knows? Who knows? I There's all. I always think here's another tipping point, a place where they can diverge from Trump and move into the future, but they never take the road. They never take that that option, that route.
0: Yeah, they always still cling to Trump just because they're afraid of his voters. So our last bit of cock talk in uh, this segment. In an announcement shared first with Fox News on Tuesday, Kim Reynolds unveiled her schedule for the fair side chats, which includes Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former ambassador and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and former Vice President Mike Pence. However, not on the list, of course, is former President Trump, who is the commanding frontrunner in the latest GOP presidential nomination polls in Iowa, other early voting states, and in national surveys as he makes his third straight White House run. Reynolds said the interviews will provide fairgoers a quote a unique opportunity to learn about the candidates themselves as well as their policy priorities.
1: The I- in Trump's mind, the Iowa State Fair is so beneath him. Oh yeah, he would oh
0: never, you wouldn't catch him dead near the Iowa State Fair. Oh. Certainly not for one of these fairside checks He do
1: like a helicopter drop in and out.
0: You would probably know better than I, I would. I think so,
1: but he's not gonna wander get cow poop on the shoes, the smells, the riffraff. When I went on his plane in 2015, the fact that there were like 30 news people around him, it was he did not like us being so close, and he didn't like us touching things. He was just like, I think I've said before. Plus he's a germaphobe. Yeah. So yeah, he's not going to be anywhere
0: near a state fair.
1: No, no, I don't think so. I'm
0: not a huge State Fair fan myself, so I can understand Donald oh, Trump. I love State Fair.
1: Of course you do. I love every part of it.
0: Yeah, you were born in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a story that kind of wraps up Cock Talk. Anything else happened this week that I didn't wasn't aware of or that you wanted to get to? No. Not on the caucus trail um, of you. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I haven't really noticed. Um, obviously, there's sort of events all the time, but I haven't really noticed any big events this week. Um, on Friday,
1: there's the... Dinner that they have. A lot of the candidates are coming.
0: Right.
1: Um, DeSantis is going to be in Oskaloosa. I'm going to try to visit him.
0: Did you hear he got in a car wreck today? No. Yeah, everything's okay. He's fine, and everybody that was in the vehicle was fine. Not sure about what the circumstances even were, but everybody is fine, and it happened in Tennessee. He's campaigning in Tennessee today, so
1: that that says a lot about his campaign. If he's in Tennessee.
0: Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Is it going to be in Chattanooga and then I think Knoxville, Tennessee, or maybe Nashville? The was not a swing state. No. That's Mitch McConnell's home state. Or was that Kentucky? That's never Kentucky. Mind. Same difference. <laughs> Tennessee, Kentucky, same difference. The funniest thing about Iowa, it, Missouri. <laughs> well, it's getting to that point. It didn't used to be that way, but it's getting to that point.
1: Like to nice, but I'm but thinking about sling
0: Iowa to go to Missouri, for God's sakes.
1: No, Minnesota.
0: It's too cold, man. It's too cold.
1: Yeah.
0: You can handle I'm it. I'm not fleeing anyway, at least not anytime soon. We're going to stay here and fight, goddammit. So I did want to mention, too, uh, the funniest thing about the Ron DeSantis car crash thing was his spokesperson's name is Brian Griffin, who most people will immediately think of the talking dog from Family Guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. Brian Griffin. Spokesperson for Ron well, this is
1: another opportunity for Desantis to play victim. Oh, they'll yeah. probably figure out that <laughs> the driver, of the vehicle. Trump did it. it. Where yeah. was Where was President Trump? Yeah, going or it with. was a Democratic driver, and that <laughs> right. elite, elite Fox News Democratic driver, you know, attacks. Oh
0: yeah, they're gonna find his Facebook posts and Twitter posts and yeah, yeah, whatever. Say if that, not, yeah. they'll make it up. <laughs> exactly. So, an odd story this week. Let's take kind of a wider scope. This is from CNN. For the first time since her suspicious disappearance last month, an attorney for Carlitha, Carly Nicole Russell, has issued a statement. Russell went missing shortly after calling 911 on July 13th to report a toddler in a diaper walking along an Alabama highway, so it's Alabama. Police said Russell mysteriously returned home on foot around 10.45 p.m. two days later. Hoover Police Chief Nick Durzis said police were unable to verify most of the 25-year-old's initial statement to investigators, including a claim that a man with orange hair abducted her when she got out of the vehicle to check on the child. On Monday, Durzis said in a news conference that Russell, through a statement from her attorney, has admitted that no kidnapping took place and that there was no toddler on the highway as she claimed to dispatchers that day. A statement from Russell's attorney, Emery Anthony, reads as follows, quote, There was no kidnapping on Thursday, July 13th of this year. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident. This was a single act done by herself. My client was not with anyone or any hotel with anyone from the time she was missing. My client apologizes for her actions to this community, the volunteers who were searching for her, to the Hoover Police Department and other agencies, as well as to her friends and family. We ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues and attempts to move forward, understanding that she made a mistake in this matter. During Monday's news conference, Durzis said police were scheduled to meet with Russell and her attorney, but they were sent that statement instead. Police are working with prosecutors to discuss potential criminal charges in the case. He added last week, Durzis said, police discovered web searches for, quote, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? And also searches for the movie Take It on Russell's cell phone. <laughs> Planning her own kidnapping, her own disappearance.
1: Why is this a national news story?
0: I Because I think it's, the main thing is the Sound of Freedom movie has pushed this to the forefront about child sex trafficking, which is a huge problem in the U.S. and around the world. So with this story about how that's sort of like an urban legend of They'll have a toddler down on the side of the road. You know, the the sex traffickers will drop a baby on the side of the road and whoever comes to pick up the baby, then they will then kidnap, which I don't know if that's ever actually happened before. One thing that I would like to say, regardless of sound of freedom or, or, you know, the political undertones of any of that, that rarely, rarely happens. Usually children that are trafficked, they're trafficked by a family member or a friend of the family. It's very rare. I mean, obviously kidnappings happen. That gets huge headlines almost any time it does happen. But the main thing is just watch out who you have your kids around.
1: Right. And law enforcement and other child you know, advocates say that this movie doesn't do any, any good for them. It's Right. Just, I think it just fictionalized... makes people more
0: conspiratorial. Yeah. And, Suspicious of situations that aren't necessarily suspicious,
1: right? So is division, and and just you know, just adds to the confusion. And exactly, it's just what's going on. This girl just did it. Uh, I think that yeah, it was a cry for help, probably. Sure. You know the I, what I yeah, I
0: feel awful for her to go yeah. through all of this and then. I'm guessing she didn't realize it was going to become a national story. She probably assumed nobody would really ever, you know, care or find out. Well, in the criminal besides charges besides her family and the friends. The criminal
1: charges aren't big anyway. They're filing a false report. Exactly. And so we, you know, we see those happening, all, you know, every day right. all across the nation. We've, you've read when you read the sheriff's report, filing a right. false report. I mean, it happens. Right. So I guess. I don't fully understand or appreciate the cultural context, except when I, if I would have been a police officer and I heard her report about an orange haired man, um, I would have checked into Donald Trump's whereabouts. <laughs> He's the only orange haired man I
0: know. No shit. Yeah. yeah. What a weird story. Yeah. But, and I, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it on the story. Cause like you said, if she does get, charged with something it's probably a you know pretty low let's
1: let her get some help
0: exactly that's the biggest thing is hopefully she can figure out whatever is ailing her Uh, just over halfway through july and already a slew of extreme weather records have been broken a prolonged unrelenting heat wave has scorched large parts of the south and southwest united states temperatures in phoenix arizona have hit at least 110 degrees fahrenheit a record-breaking 19 consecutive days screw that we're going to have like 2 days of 100 degree weather and I'm not looking forward to it yeah normally it,
1: in the winter there's a you know like a few days that I just think I don't want to go out I just want to stay home right now in this heat I'm thinking I just don't want to go out I just want to stay home just right. for that and being an old construction worker, I just think we've got it pretty lucky that all we have to do is walk from the cars into the buildings, and that's it. There are people out there all day. On thank, roofs and concrete. Yeah, and thank God they concrete. live in Iowa and not Texas, because in Texas, they don't get a break for water.
0: That's right. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and it's even hotter there, and you don't
1: have to let your people have a drink of water. Right. How cruel. How cruel. And, and how... Small, we must all be to Governor Abbott because we don't even deserve a drink (laughs) of
0: water. Yeah.
1: What a pathetic, miserable creature he is. And
0: we know about Texas and Arizona, California, those areas, and of course that heat is now building into the Midwest, which we're going to be experiencing at the end of this week. But it also it's southern Europe is experiencing one of its most extreme heat waves on record. Wild wildfires are raging in Greece, Spain, and Switzerland. In Asia, temperatures have pushed above 50 degrees Celsius or 122 degrees Fahrenheit in China. Parts of South Korea, Japan, and northern India are experiencing deadly flooding. And in a statement on Tuesday, Petteri Tallis, Secretary General of the World Meteorologist Organization, called this relentless cascade of extreme weather quote the new normal. But some scientists now balk at that framing, quote, when I hear it, I get a bit crazy because it's not really the new normal, said Hannah Cloak, a climate scientist and professor at the University of Reading in the UK, quote, until we stop pumping greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, we have no idea what the future looks like. The weather extremes will continue to become more intense and our weather patterns could change in ways we can't yet predict.
1: Yeah, and we're not. Republicans don't want to do anything about it. They deny that we're, despite. The I don't math, know if
0: Democrats do either. I mean, elected Democrats. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're doing a whole lot. The
1: Biden administration is doing a lot with climate smart agriculture and a lot of the other programs that they're doing on renewable energy. We don't read about it a lot, but it's it's committed to it. I mean, they're they're doing their best. It could you, they could use some help. But what it means is you need good smart government, good regulations that protect us all, but the Republicans don't it's every person for themselves and so they don't and, and profit and power overall. and so they're not going to do anything about it. And plus it pisses them off that Al Gore was right with this yeah. an inconvenient truth. And you know businesses by nature want to externalize their costs, and internalize their profits. And if we're going to do good climate change stuff, it means that they're going to have to invest and be good players, you know, on, on And they're the going to have stage. to be
0: forced to do that. Right. They're not going to do it. Either by the, by the government or yet. by the environment. Right. And because ultimately, they just have to eventually. Long
1: term, it's going to save everybody money. It's investment. You can't even buy because of Desantis's policies and Republican mismanagement denial, um, whatever, on an environment and the results for it. I mean, you can't get insurance in, in Florida. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. And then in yeah, Alaska... Two different,
0: yeah, two different large insurance companies yeah. are not... You can't buy homeowner's insurance in Florida anymore.
1: And in Alaska and northern Canada, where the permafrost is is melting, and we have to be concerned with the construction up there, not only that, but what kinds of, of potential biological pathogens have been frozen in the ice. I mean there's just the, it's you know it's just crazy It's doomsday man. Wow. Well, yeah I yeah. I just you know worry about kids and grandkids.
0: Right. So yeah, people more- wonder why birth rates are down. People don't want to bring a child into this literal environment.
1: Well, and I mean, let's look at it this way too. Last year there were twenty one point nine, I think, million climate refugees. And what do we have now? We've got more we have people in the United States that are climate refugees. Right. And I I talked to a Republican Iowa legislator and I mentioned that well, you know, we were talking about immigration. I said, We've got twenty one million climate refugees and he goes so that's what they're calling them now. Climate refugees. He was so dismissive of the term.
0: And I'm sure he's uh has, you know, father Christian believer in his uh Twitter bio too.
1: Yeah, Ken Rosenbaum,
0: Oskaloosa. Well yeah, man of God. And climate refugees. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: He n- <laughs> he he had never heard the term. Right. They don't have it on Fox News. No, they don't
0: talk about climate refugees. All right, time for the top five this week. Top five hard candies, unless you have anything else that you wanted to talk about.
1: No, you have to shut me up once you get me going like this.
0: <laughs> I do have a knack, I think, for getting you going on this stuff.
1: Yeah, you do. Normally <laughs> I wouldn't do this. I've never done this. But, <laughs> hey, I'm retired. True. And you know what Let else? it fly, man. And you know what else? As you age... The prefrontal cortex shrinks, and that's where your centers of inhibition
0: are. Right. So it's like you're drunk all the time. Well, I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> but it's like...
0: You just say what's on your mind and everything right. else you But the,
1: the sad thing is that, you know, when Grandpa starts saying racist things that he would have never said before, that means that he was thinking them all the time. Correct. It center. was just the filter was yeah, on yeah, the filter and now it's was off. On. So, Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I
0: don't think you're going to have to worry about no, that. No, I don't think so. Or at least I should say Johanna and Asa shouldn't have to worry about that. Top five hard candies this week. Number five is Zotts. Never heard of them. You've never heard of Zots? No, nope. never heard of them. Great candy, different flavors, and then they've got a little bit of like fizz in the middle. Never heard of Not them. necessarily like Pop Rocks, but like, yeah, just a little bit of fizz, like a little bicarbonate soda in the middle of the Zotts. You should try them. When we, when we leave here... Go to Philip 66 and get yourself a Zot. Well,
1: yeah, you know, it just made me think that there's candy engineer, candy engineers out there. that, that is is their life, designing candy. I know. That's sort of interesting. Yeah.
0: All sorts of food engineers. I wanted to...
1: Well, yeah, I knew that there was food scientists and food engineers. And there was a great article in the uh, um, New Yorker a couple of weeks ago about... Uh, Taco Bell and all the work that goes into it. I was going to say, right whoever just, whoever,
0: decide, whoever invented the Cheesy Gordy to Crunch should get the Congressional Medal of Freedom.
1: This is this is an article by uh, a woman named Hitchens yeah. in The New Yorker, and she did that, and it was brilliant.
0: Well, yeah, think of all the things like Pizza Hut and pizza. I mean, you yeah. see all sorts of different kinds of foods all the time, and Zot's is an awesome invention. Never heard of them. You've heard of number four. Number four is Werther's Original. Never heard of it. Come on. The Caramel Candies? Never. You've never heard of of Werther's Original? No. You don't remember the commercials back in the day with a grandpa and his grandson sharing a Werther's Original?
1: Nope.
0: I can't believe that. I figured you'd be a Werther's Original fan.
1: Never heard of it. I'm not much of a TV person.
0: You must not be much of a candy person either. I'm
1: more interested in Mayflies.
0: Yeah. That's your problem. Number three is Cream Savers. Never heard of them. I knew you would have probably never heard of Cream Savers. Cream Savers are delicious. I remember two main flavors, strawberry and orange. And they may have had some other ones too, but it was just a very, very, yeah, it's Cream Savers. So a very creamy, hard candy.
1: People can't see me, but I'm starting to yawn.
0: Yeah, he does not care about this, people. So we'll just go ahead and wrap this one up. So number two is Warheads. Never heard of, of them. Jinx. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Number one is Jolly Ranchers. I've heard of Jolly Thank Ranchers. You. The goat of all hard candies. I've heard of that. What's your I don't favorite know. flavor of Jolly Rancher?
1: I've never eaten
0: one. So you've heard of Jolly Ranchers. No. So have you ever had any hard candy? Jolly Rancher. You ever had like a peppermint after you went out to eat? You've never had a mint?
1: I don't I've had mints. I don't like peppermint though. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with Lifesavers? Eh, they're alright. The Coconut Lifesaver is like the that's number the one. That's the best. Yes, yeah. that is so, the best. I'm not even a
0: huge coconut flavor guy, but those are awesome.
1: Yeah, so where are they on your list?
0: Pretty well down there. Oh, I'm not okay. a big Lifesaver fan. All the and different And I kind flavors? of like different, uh, I like first of all, I like caramel so that's why Werther's is on there, but I also like sour flavors. So like sour life lifesavers would be good. So what but even you, then, I'm not sure. I don't know, I don't know why. But so I'm where not are lemon drops? Ugh, no, gross. Like lemon heads. Disgusting. Never heard of them. Disgusted. You've never heard of lemon heads? No,
1: but I've heard of lemon drops.
0: I'm disgusted by you.
1: <laughs> never heard of
0: lemon heads. <laughs> the fact that you've never heard of Werther's original is shocking to me. But it's
1: not disgusting. It's
0: shocking. Eh. I'm also a little bit disgusted, to be quite honest. Do you ever eat candy bars? Mm,
1: probably not in
0: 50 years. Jesus. Okay. So next week was going to be top five candy bars, but I'm going to delete that right now. I've heard a right lot of them. I thought top five hard candies, you're exactly the demographic that would be interested in hard candies. You're right around 70 years old. And when I think of hard candies, I think of old people. When I think of old people, I think of you. <laughs> So I don't know what the top five next week will be. It was going to be top five candy bars. Well,
1: I remember uh, three Musketeers. I have two sisters, and my mom would say, okay, three Musketeers, that mean it's, it means it's for three people, and so she would divide it into three. Oh, there you go. So then, she, you know, only buy one candy
0: bar. Back in dog patch. Yep. Speaking of, I saw that Johnston, of course, Johnston won the 4A state championship at baseball last week, so that's some good news for you. I think that was like their seventh state championship. Most of them have been in the largest class in the state, but they did have one state championship back in I think nineteen like mid seventies, and that was in class one A. It was in the- so when you tell people that oh I, you know I grew up in Johnston, most people think oh you grew up in like you know the suburban you know with strip malls and it's like no you grew up when Johnston was. Team. Pretty much a bedroom town,
1: yeah. Right, and I think it was 73. It was a, Could have been. 72 or 73, I think it was the year after I graduated. And so I had friends on that team, and it had one of the greatest baseball coaches and a really good man. Jim Mahoney was the coach.
0: That just sounds like a good baseball coach. He was, yeah,
1: he was a tough old bird, but, you know, kind underneath, but a really good coach. Um, just... You know, a real, he was our football coach, too, and a real influence on my life. The, so that was that first team, and after that, they just built on that. But he was a really good coach, and, you know, I would see him every once in a while, missing. He passed away during COVID, of COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so the first Zoom funeral I ever attended. Was it really? And the only
0: i will be damned. Yeah, I never attended a Zoom funeral. I've heard of that happening, but that's too bad. Well, RIP Jim Mahoney.
1: Yeah, it's too bad, but, you know, made a real difference in people's lives, and so may we all be so lucky as Jim Mahoney.
0: There you go. Uh, That'll do it for this episode. I think episode number 17, maybe? Seems hard to believe. I think we're on 17. 16 or 17? I'm pretty sure 17. Awful. I shouldn't say that. I'm actually decent at math. I'm okay at math. I got like, I got mostly A's and B's, maybe a C or two in math throughout yeah, well, my life. It doesn't career. seem like we've been doing But then I got to college and took calculus and decided that was <laughs> that was the end of the road for me when it came to math. I'm okay with uh, algebra and trigonometry, that sort of stuff, but calculus is too much. Statistics is what was also a math that I was pretty good at. Uh, statistics is fun. It is fun. All right. Thanks for tuning in listening, however you may be listening, make sure you subscribe to our substack. So even if you listen in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iHeart, make sure you subscribe because then that gets delivered to your email. So then you will be reminded to make sure that you listen. We also have enough episodes to be rated now on Apple Podcasts. And we have four of you that have given us a five star rating. We have a overall five star rating because four of you have rated us highly. So thanks to everybody that does that and Wherever you may rate our show, please rate it as highly as you possibly can. And make sure you subscribe as well. Again, we're on X <laughs> <laughs> at Iowa Revolution. You can email us as well. for Iowa revolution IowaRevolutionPod at gmail.com. Dr. Bob, always a pleasure. We'll see you again next week. Yeah. You sure